Welcome to the Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm. Here are your hosts, experienced lawyers, writers, and entrepreneurs, Heidi Alexander and Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Legal Toolkit here on the Legal Talk Network. I'm your host, Heidi Alexander. I'm also a law practice advisor with Massachusetts LOMAP. LOMAP provides free and confidential law practice management consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. For more information on LOMAP's offerings, visit our website at masslomap.org. Here on the Legal Toolkit, my co-host Jared Correa and I provide you with a new tool each month to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. This episode of the Legal Toolkit is no different. Today we'll be talking about making the transition from a PC to Mac law office. I don't think any of you will be surprised to hear that Apple products are gaining traction in the legal field, particularly among solo and small firm attorneys. And while this podcast is not an advertisement for Apple, okay, maybe in a subtle way it is, it's for those who have already drank the Kool-Aid or have been enlightened, whichever way you choose to see it, and thus working towards setting up a viable Mac law practice. And joining me today is Jenny Stevens, otherwise known as Mrs. Mac Lawyer, the better half, of course, of Mr. Mac Lawyer, Ben Stevens. Jenny practices family law with the Stevens firm in South Carolina, which she co-owns with her husband, Ben. Before Jenny and Ben merged forces, Jenny practiced in an all-PC law office. When she and Ben merged, they turned their practice into an all-Mac firm. She's got some great insights into the conversion process, as well as thoughts generally on how to set up a successful Mac law office. Thanks for joining me today, Jenny. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, let's begin about chatting about how you went about converting from PC to Mac. While I suspect, so I suspect that your husband might have been slightly persuasive in your moving from PC to Mac use, how did you personally come to the decision to move from PC to Mac? And how did it go? Was there a significant learning curve? Well, um, the long answer to a couple of short questions is no, there was not a significant learning curve. But to say that Ben had even a slight influence on me is is the understatement of the year. Um, we were introduced um, by a mutual friend, um, both of us single at the time, obviously, and um, the romantic connection kind of hit it off pretty quick. Um, and we started talking because I was practicing actually in Charleston, South Carolina, where I was born and raised, and he had been practicing for several years here in Spartanburg, South Carolina, which is about 200 miles in, uh, away from Charleston in the upstate of South Carolina. So we not only had to figure out how to merge our firms, but how to um, move me and my family up here to Spartanburg um, and then merge our practices together. We were already both practicing family law, so that was not the hard part. But when he found out that I was an all-PC firm, and actually when we met, I was still using, um, I believe, a droid phone at the time, which, you know, I think his skin crawled when I pulled it out at our first lunch date. Um, so he, he became very um, invested in the fact that I needed to upgrade to an iPhone 
And then when he proposed marriage, he made it very clear that we could not have a mixed marriage. Um, So I needed to, um, when I was packing to move to Spartanburg, we put, he helped me put my PCs in the box that would carry them up here, but he promised me that he had an iMac waiting on me at my desk in Spartanburg, and he w- had a bet that I would not even need to open those boxes with the PCs in them once I arrived in Spartanburg. I was not sure about that, but um, to say the least, and I will say this in a recorded session, obviously, so he will probably play this back multiple times during our marriage, but he was right, and I never opened up those boxes until it was time to wipe those computers and actually give them away. Um, so I have been all Mac all the time um, for two and a half years now. Wow, a, a true Mac love story. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, um, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the learning curve was was nerve-wracking because really my experience with Macs had been um, very little. I had used Macs when I was very young, um, probably back in elementary school, I guess, when they became kind of um, the new thing. Um, my dad had one for work, and I played on that, but really no more than just games and stuff. Um, and then my exposure to an iPhone. So, but what I was most surprised about, I think, was the fact that there really wasn't a learning curve. Once I figured out my iPhone, I was able to use just about any Apple product that Ben put in front of me after that. And I, th- I think that's how many uh, Apple users feel. So, after you were enlightened, uh, you, you saw the light. Uh, how, how did you then approach the transition in terms of your law practice? Well, my law practice in Charleston, even though it was PC-based, was already um, very much cloud-based. Um, and by that, I mean my um, Ben and I actually, without even realizing it, were already using the same case management software. We use Rocket Matter. So that is obviously a cloud-based and access through um, just your web browser. Um, I, had, I was already using, instead of a traditional server setup for my, my files and my documents, I was already using Dropbox, which Ben also used and endorsed um, heavily when he does his um, practice management seminars and, and um, gives consulting advice to other law firms. Um, so really... Other than the fact that I was now going to be using pages and numbers and Keynote for my document creation uh, instead of Word and Excel and PowerPoint, there was very little to have to actually set up as far as a transition because once I turned on my iMac and just set my preferences and my, you know, kind of logged into all of my services. I just had to open up a Chrome window in, in my web browser and start logging into Rocket Matter or Dropbox. Or um, we both used um, Gmail um, business apps accounts for our email services. Uh, so that was all web based as well. So the fact that I was logging in from a Mac really didn't change much of anything. I could access everything that I had accessed in my office in Charleston, the very first day I was in my office in Spartanburg logging in with an iMac. I would say that probably the the learning curve came in with just because some of the keystroke shortcuts are a little bit different 
on a Mac, but they're not so tremendously different that within two weeks, I had already been able to learn shortcuts on my um, keyboard that I use every single day. Um, There's still a few things that I have to go knock on Ben's door and say, you know, how do I do this or how do I do that? But usually he only has to show me something once or I can Google a YouTube video um, to to figure out how to do it pretty quickly and, and I've been able to catch on. The wonderful thing about Macs I have found is that when something went wrong with my PC and I Googled for an answer, it would take me, you know, hours to try to figure it out and kind of be my own little help desk. Or I would have to call an 800 number to either Dell computers, because that's the computers that I had before, or, you know, some software help desk um, that, you know, my call would be going over to India. And besides translating what the person was saying to me on the phone, I'd have to sit there for hours waiting for somebody to answer the the phone call in the first place. With Macs, um, most of the people that use Macs, they're already so tech savvy. They've got YouTube channels and videos. And usually if I have a problem, I Google what the problem is and I've got an answer in, you know, maybe five minutes. Um, And it's usually something that I can can fix myself, um, which is wonderful because my downtime has significantly decreased since um, transitioning into an all-Mac environment. So it sounds like a lot of the process was was pretty easy. Um, did did you find any sort of compatibility issues? I mean, I, I understand you know much of your much of your practice was in the cloud, uh, which is great. But was there anything that was that was difficult other than the the keystrokes? Any sort of compatibility issues? Um, to be quite honest, I, I really don't remember any at all. Um, we have Word and Excel. For the Mac, we have those versions of the software for, you know, because there were, there were certain forms, court forms and, and some charts and stuff that, you know, I had currently using in some cases that would have just been too um, time consuming to try to transfer into pages and, and whatnot during that period of time. So I was able to open those on a Mac with no problem. Um, as far as my document generation, though, once I came up here, the decision was made that from that day forward, I would create all of my new documents and any new you know, case forms or, or whatever that I needed in pages using templates that Ben's practice was already using. Because he's been all Mac since, I believe, 2008 or 2009. So I, I was really lucky kind of walking into to his firm because he already had, you know, a cache of forms already de- designed with pages um, and numbers. But from, from a document creation standpoint, I can do just about anything I need to in pages and numbers. And then if I need to export, say I'm working with an another, another attorney who is using all Word pro- products um, and, and Excel, I can export those documents into a Word or Excel compatible document that the other attorney can then work with if need be. Or I have the ability, um, it's, it's native to Macs, I can print anything I create in any software program just about to a PDF copy. So even if I create it, say I'm using a particular app that you know maybe not a lot of people use. Ben, ben is very lucky, he gets a lot of... Um, 
test products and test apps that aren't really on the market yet for us to kind of help work out the bugs and kinks. Um, So we'll create things with those that other people are not going to have, but we can actually generate a PDF to be able to share what we've created in those apps with other people who don't have that software. Um, So the compatibility issues have been uh, probably nil (laughs) as far as I'm concerned, which was surprising. I was prepared for a lot rockier transition. Um, And like I said, I was not happy when Ben won that bet. (laughs) (laughs) So based on your own experience, what advice do you have for other attorneys that are going about transitioning from PC to Mac? You know, anything that you learned along the way that might be helpful? Um, I guess just, uh, you know, there, there's an element of truth to sometimes you just got to jump in with both feet. I, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not good with change. Um, I don't think many attorneys are. We like our, you know, stability and our, con- our ability to control the elements as much as possible. So change kind of freaks us out sometimes. But with this process, you know, it was, I think, better for me that I just kind of jumped in feet first and said, you know, I'm already cloud-based. I should be able to access everything. I'm just going to do it. And quite frankly, I think I learned it a lot faster not having access to a PC. Um, Because Ben, he didn't even allow me to unpack my laptops. So, (laughs) I mean, it was either, you know, learn how to access the stuff and learn how to work with the stuff, or I was going to be treading water for a long time and not, not billing what I needed to bill and not getting the work done. But it really was a very simple transition. Macs are very intuitive to the way that people think and operate. Um, And everything is app based. So, you know, if you already have an iPhone and you're still using a PC at the office, you know, ask yourself how many times you're having to struggle transferring information, especially with smartphones. You know, I can seamlessly transition what I'm working on at the office to my iPad, to my iPhone, um, and, and see very little, you know, interruption of work, if any at all, with most things. Um, whereas with a PC, I was having to worry about, now, did I save that to Dropbox? Can I download it? Is it, did I do it in Word? Am I, you know, am I working with a PDF? What file am I, you know, working with here? And then having to track down how the best way was to get to that if I was trying to work on my iPhone and then direct it to a PC, I, I've not had any of those issues with a Mac. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. And now with uh, Yosemite, the newest upgrade to the Macs and iOS 8 on your iPhone and iPad, you can actually be typing out an email on your iPhone or iPad and then pick that right back up on your computer. Absolutely. Uh, and in our office, with our staff and the way our workflow kind of flows through the office, we use um, chat messages a lot to get messages back and forth between staff and attorneys or between Ben and myself because our offices are on opposite sides of the building and it's just more efficient that way. But with Yosemite and the new upgrades and, and how everything just flows from one device to the next, he may not know that, you know, I'm in a, in a conference room with a client or maybe I've already left the building to head to court, but he's got to get a message to me about something that's going on in another case. He can send that message to me from his desktop and it's, it's going to follow my devices until it gets to me. 
So I'm not tied to my desktop all day long. I'm not tied to my phone all day long. I'm not tied to my iPad. I can, whichever device is in front of me, my staff can reach me, my, you know, my partner or my husband can reach me, um, and I can get messages to them when things come up and I've got clients waiting or, you know, I'm supposed to be somewhere else and somebody needs to call and tell them I'm running late. So it's, it's been a huge benefit in that respect. Whereas, you know, my PC, if I wasn't sitting in front of my PC or I wasn't sitting in front of my laptop with a, you know, log me in account or something like that, I was kind of out of touch. So it's, it's been a huge benefit as far as what I can tell. Absolutely. I think it's a, a, a great feature and clearly can help attorneys to be a little bit more productive. But we do need to take a quick break. So okay. stay tuned because after the break, we'll be talking about what a working Mac law office looks like. So this is normally the space in our show where we offer words from our sponsors. This potentially represents a unique opportunity for you. The Legal Toolkit is seeking sponsors. You can hear your advertisement right here. What more could you ask for? If you're interested, contact the team at Legal Talk Network at info at LegalTalkNetwork.com. Welcome back to the second half of our show with Jenny Stevens, Mrs. Mac attorney and co-owner and attorney at the Stevens firm. In this half of our program, we're going to address some of the technicalities of operating a successful all-Mac law office. So let's start by talking about the Stevens firm's current office setup. So Jenny, why don't you tell me about what hardware you're using? So, you know, Mac, servers, mobile devices, and, and, and all the, the like. Sure. We've got, um, I think, the entire Apple catalog at work here in our office. Um, we are a living, breathing ad for Apple, I think, when people walk in here. But um, basically, the, the attorneys and the staff, we each have uh, the 27-inch, the, the big iMac on our desk. We use, um, we all have iPhones, uh, and the attorneys use different variations of iPads. Ben and I both have iPad minis that we carry with us. That We travel a lot. Um, ben gets a lot of speaking engagements all across the country. He's um, one of the main speakers on the Mac track at uh, ABA Tech Show every year. Um, he has helped coordinate Milo, the, the listserv for Macs in the law office, and thus we go to Milo Fest uh, in October um, each fall. So Obviously, we travel and we stay on the road quite a bit. So our Mac, our, our iPad minis are kind of what we take along with us um, while we're sitting in airports to read case files or read uh, law articles or um, new cases that have come out. We um, can annotate a lot of paperwork that way when it comes in as PDFs um, and, and transfer that information back and forth with the staff. Let's see. We've got a Mac Mini that we set up in in South Carolina. Our we have a child support guidelines calculator that is actually a, a Windows only based software. They do not have a Mac version. Um, it's very frustrating for us Mac lovers. Um, but what we've done is we've set up a Mac Mini running uh, Parallels that we run that software on, and then we have we log into that Mac Mini from any computer or device 
in the office when we need to access that software so that all of us are not having to run parallels and have that software loaded on each and every computer in the office. Um, and we do that with a couple of other Windows-based software. Um, for a while, we were using the actual software for QuickBooks as an example, but we've now switched to their web-based version, so that, that's no longer necessary, which is wonderful. The more services that are web-based, the better, uh, in my opinion. We don't use like a traditional server. We don't have a server room in the Stevens firm, which is a wonderful thing as far as I'm concerned. Um, we do, we, we use Dropbox and um, Box accounts to manage our, like our closed files. We scan everything in the Stevens firm so that it can be stored digitally um, in a cloud-based storage system. And that's what we use for our current um, cases as well. Everything is scanned and then flows through a different series of folders within the office, depending on which person is responsible for what item. Um, it'll flow through the workflow just like that. Our scanners that we use are ScanSnap. For those of you that um, are listening that were at ABA Tech Show, I think it was last year, um, you saw them demo their brand new, um, it's, it's the highest end machine that they have, but it blew through a stack of different size pages and business cards and different thicknesses of pages. It was a stack of maybe 25 documents and it scanned that in about, I don't know, maybe four seconds <laughs> and Ben and I were sold. So we, we got two of those that our staff uses to scan everything in. And other than that, I mean, we, it, we use more apps than, than anything because all of our different devices can do multiple things. And we try to, to find the best selection of apps that will give us the most functionality out of every device that we're using. Well, that all makes a lot of sense. And, and the Fujitsu ScanSnap, I think, also is a great product. I think you're, you're, you're talking about the iX500. Uh, that's the, the newest wireless version. Right. Um, and, you know, and I think in the past, it's been a little bit more difficult to make sure that all these programs are compatible with, uh, with your Mac. And I know you've, um, you're using a program like Parallels. You could be using, you know, VMware. There's a, there's a number of different programs. Uh, but fortunately, you know, as you mentioned, uh, with, uh, with most of the, the software now going to cloud-based products, um, it really doesn't present much of an obstacle for Mac users. Um, exactly. So, so that's a that's a really great point. Um, so you did talk a, a little bit about software. I know you use Rocket Matter, which is a law practice management program, which we've we've talked about previously on this podcast. You use Dropbox, you use Box, you use uh, Gmail, uh, the business solution. Uh, you use Pages, Numbers, Keynote. Uh, any other software uh, or or even apps that you use that that you know you might even recommend to other folks. One thing that Ben has been using for several years now, I have only just gotten on the bandwagon probably in the last year, year and a half, is Text Expander. Mm. And I cannot recommend it enough for attorneys especially. Um, you know, we're all used to having to create like document templates and then we've got to sit there, even if we have the template done, maybe it's a marital settlement agreement that's, you know, 30 pages long of standard boilerplate language for, you know, what typically gets divided up in a divorce or a child custody matter. Um, 
if it if it's just a document template, you've still got to sit there and scroll through and find all the little blanks and the the missing parts that you've left in there that need to be filled in, and you've got to make sure that the you know the tenses are right and the gender um, pronouns are correct. Text Expander takes all of that and automates it. You can open up a blank document, have created a text expander. For example, we issue a lot of subpoenas for bank records and school records and therapy records and stuff like that. Ben has gone through and created a text expander for South Carolina's version of a subpoena. So I can open up a blank page in in Pages and type in the little special code that he has created for Text Expander. And then it will literally populate the document and then give me little call-out boxes for all of the spaces where I need to fill in the client's information or the opposing party's information or the witness's information, whatever it is that I'm sending a subpoena out to get. It's going to actually prompt me to say, you know, I need this person's address or I need the date that you're going to serve this subpoena or I need you know, who, who is actually serving the subpoena? What's that person's name? And, and then I fill in those boxes and hit enter and my document is done. That's it. What used to take me probably an hour to sit there and type and, you know, flip through the file and get all this information and then go back and proof and make sure that everything's in there before I send it out the door is done in a matter of minutes. And you can do it with any kind of document. Um, You can do it with email. We have some canned email responses because like I said, Ben, he handles a lot of listservs for like Milo and some other things um, that he's involved with in these national organizations. So he gets a lot of the same types of inquiries every day from people just needing certain information over and over. And instead of typing those emails out every single day over and over and over, He's got text expanders, and he types in a little, you know, one or two two word code that he has assigned for that that particular information, and it populates the email. And all he does is hit send. And it took me a while to I don't know why, because I guess I I don't like change and I'm stubborn and you know Lord forbid my husband be right about stuff. But once I finally watched him use it through some processes that I was becoming frustrated with. Um, and he showed me the benefits and showed me how easy it was to create those text expanders. I, you know, I kind of hit the ground running. I've got them for all kinds of things at this point. Um, and it has saved me probably more time than anything else that I use. I know attorneys who just swear by text expander. And they also now have text expander for mobile devices. Um, exactly. So, yeah, I've just started to try that out, and that's that's a great uh, great software as well. And you also mentioned that you use the chat messages, and and so were you referring to just Apple's Apple Messages? Yes, we use iMessages because now with Yosemite, it allows you to get and receive, or, or to send and receive messages from people that are don't have iPhones, whereas before. You know, if you if the person didn't have an iPhone, it's not going to show up on your desktop or your iPad. Now it will, so that that has increased my use of it even more. I can basically turn my phone off during the day when I don't want to be distracted by you know everybody just calling to chit chat, 
and put that in my purse. And if I if I need to see a message from them, it's still going to come through to my desktop. So I'll be able to know that I need to pull my phone out and, and speak with them directly. So, yeah, I think that's a great idea. So you talked about a number of advantages. Any other advantages of an all Mac office versus a PC office that you want to share with us? Well, the the biggest one, and and you know, again, I'm going to steal from my husband's um, cadre of, of advice is when you're in a PC office, everybody, everybody, everybody will talk about that blue screen of death, and what made him transition to an all Mac office all those years ago was he came in on a Friday and it you know I think he had a big hearing or something that day and his assistant's computer came up with the blue screen of death and that was the end of it. he he was like that's it I'm not doing it anymore cuz it it would cost hours of time you have to wait you have to call your IT department you've got to call your IT guy whatever and they you know you sit and wait and they've got to figure out what's going on and if it's a hard drive that's gone bad you know you may or may not have lost everything that was on that computer so he, he just, he got fed up and I think he went out, um, this is, you know, pre-Jenny days, but I think he went out to the local Apple store on the, the, the next Saturday, the next day. And so his office left work on Friday afternoon with PCs in the office and he went Saturday, bought a bunch of iMacs and brought them into the office and spent the weekend setting them up. And so his office staff came in on Monday morning to brand new computers, and they were all Macs everywhere. <laughs> so um, he kind of took the plunge feet first as well. But I, you know, in my practice in Charleston, I mean, I was, my practice had only been open for just over two years when we'd made the decision for me to move up here. My computer was brand new when I opened my practice, and I had that blue screen of death, even with a brand new computer three or four times. And it never happened on a weekend when I had tons of time on my hands. It always happened when I had a hearing coming up or a deposition or something that I was desperately trying to get prepared for. And as attorneys, we all wait till the last minute to do most everything. So when I would come in that morning to print stuff out and I couldn't even access what I needed to, you know, it was very frustrating. And I can say in the two and a half years that I've been up here in Spartanburg and been all Mac all the time, you know, other than when I need to upgrade my memory just because I've, I've got so much on my computer, it's just, you know, it's trying to keep up with me. Um, there have been no issues. And usually, you know, you add that memory, it speeds it back up and you're back on track. And those are even easy fixes um, versus a PC. So there really has not been a downside. <laughs> I can't recommend it enough. I know I'm biased at this point. But, you know, I, I wouldn't have taken the Twitter handle Mrs. Mac Lawyer if, <laughs> if I wasn't all in and willing to, you know, share the good news with everybody. Well, it sounds like you're pretty happy with your, your current office setup. Uh, the next podcast, I'm going to have to get someone on here <laughs> who's, who's a all PC <laughs> office user. <laughs> those, are, those are fun debates. Maybe we can do it together. <laughs> yeah, it's a great idea. So finally, do you have any resources that you could suggest to other folks who are either thinking about transitioning or who already use Macs in their office? Absolutely. Um, we have a blog that my husband started several years ago called themaclawyer.com, and it is entirely devoted to how to use Mac 
um, products and Apple products in your law office. Um, there's a lot of good advice. We, he writes most of the articles. I have just started contributing over the last couple of years because he has found my perspective of transitioning to be, to be useful. But we review a lot of new products that are out there, too. So if people are just kind of scratching the surface for, you know, what products they want to use, it's a great resource to kind of go and, and check out you know, what are we using? What have we liked? What have we found issues with? Or, you know, what do we recommend? Another one is um, Milo, uh, the Milo Listserv. And the information on how to join that is at, you can find that at themacwarrior.com. Um, but that is a listserv of about, I believe the other day when we saw the last total, it was a little over 4,000 attorneys and professionals that use Macs in their professional offices. Um, and the great thing about that listserv is if you are just taking the plunge or even if you're just considering it, you have got a wealth of information from attorneys all over the country that have either already set their offices up as um, MAC law offices or they're they're in the same process you are. Maybe they're just researching and so instead of kind of just sitting at home Googling about this on a Friday night trying to figure it all out by yourself, you know, you've got all of these other people who they've already been down that road. They're willing to share their advice. They're willing to share their recommendations. Most of the time, if you post a question, say you're looking for maybe the best scanner to bring into your office so that you can start going paperless, you can post that question and you're going to have responses almost immediately. Um, it's a little scary sometimes, but it's wonderful um, to be able to share that knowledge with people. And they are very, very generous with their time and and their knowledge. So they, you know, I, I can't recommend that enough, especially if you're new to this, because that's the place. If you don't have the built-in Apple guy in your law office, like I'm lucky enough to have, you can, you know, go onto this listserv and say, hey, guys, you know, how do I do this? I used to do it this way in Word, but how do I do it in Pages? And almost immediately, you're going to have responses with people telling you, you know, oh, it's easy. This is step by step how you do it. Um, So that's been enormously um, beneficial to me. All right. Well, those are great resources. And I'm just going to add one, uh, which is a new resource that uh, the Mass Lomap office has developed. And it's basically an offshoot of the Milo group. It was a bunch of folks who came together and wanted to meet up on a regular basis. And so we developed this group and you can find it on our website, the masslomap.org. We call it LOMAC, uh, Law Office Max. Um, And we have a uh, Google group and a meetup group so that folks can get together on a regular basis and talk about how they use Macs in their law office. Uh, but unfortunately, we have reached the end of another episode of the Legal Toolkit. So I want to thank my guest, Jenny Stevens from thank the Stevens Firm, for taking the time to drop by our virtual studio. Jenny, if any of our listeners would like to learn more about you and Mr. Mac Lawyer, how would they go about doing so? They can obviously find his uh, blog at themaclawyer.com. Both of our Twitter handles, his is the at the Mac Lawyer, and mine is at Mrs. Mac Lawyer. Um, and you'll find links there to our Facebook and um, LinkedIn. Um, our firm website is uh, scfamilylaw.com. 
And there is a blog there as well that offers some advice for family law attorneys if that if that's their practice area um, and gives some legal technology advice there as well. All right. Well, thank you, Jenny, for joining me on the Legal Toolkit. And remember, you can check out any of our shows at any time you'd like at thelegaltalknetwork.com. So until next time, happy practicing. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Heidi and Jared for their next podcast, covering the current business trends for law firms. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.